Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller, You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. We are still with you guys over on stadiums. So make sure you go to watchstadium.com. You can check us out over there until 6 o'clock Eastern Time. Also on twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Just had a great couple of guests on. Isaac Trotter just talked some college hoops with. Frank Stamfel as well talking some baseball with Frank. So make sure you go check those out at the end of the show on the You Better You Bet podcast. We are also monitoring the Genesis Invitational. Patrick Cantlay has wrapped up his first round shot of 7 under 64 today. He leads Cameron Davis and Luke List by one shot. Cam Davis also wrapped up his round. He's six under along with List, Tom Hoagie, Jordan Spieth, and Will Zalatoris at five under. Mark, all of my golfers today decided that they wanted to have a great front nine and then just completely let it all go on the back nine. So Victor Hovland, who was four under today, he finished his round at one under par. Max home is three over today. That's probably the biggest surprise so far of today. Home has had start. four straight. Yeah, he's had four straight top tens at this course. So does have a good birdie look coming up at the 10th. Tiger Woods shot a one over par today, uh, along with Justin Thomas. They were playing together. Cameron Young, Christian Kirk, a couple other guys who are one under. Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, currently even. Right now, Colin Morikawa, Sam Burns, who you took this week, Mark, both of them are one under par. And then uh, Rory and Xander are two under. And Scotty Scheffler, who is always lurking towards the top of the leaderboard, he is four under par right now through 10 holes, and he is on the par 5-11 right now. So a lot of golf left, only the first round of the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club. Really good scoring conditions, wind blowing a little bit, but a perfect day out in L.A. So uh, can keep you posted on that throughout the rest of the show. How you feeling about Burns, though? One other, one under par right now, Mark. Six shots back. You doubling down on Sam Burns? No, not doubling down. I'm just going to hold my position and, and go from here. But, yeah, not the start that we wanted out of Sam Burns. But, you know, like you said, this is a this is a four-day event. You know, we don't have to win in the first day. So hopefully he turns it on. That's exactly right. What number did you get on that? 20, 22 to 1, 20 to 1 on Burns? I think it was 22. Yeah, it was 22 to 1. 
All right, 22 to 1. So we'll keep you updated on that. Adam Scott is on uh, the iconic short par 4 10th hole right now, mm. even as he makes the turn to the back nine. Let's continue talking some college basketball, though, Mark. We just had Isaac Trotter on. Great stuff from him. Gave out some picks. We were talking a little bit in the futures market with him. You were talking about the SEC with Isaac. He said he likes Auburn the best, and they are plus 250 right now to win the SEC regular season. Alabama, the favorites at plus 100. Then you have Tennessee at plus 260. And South Carolina, who got destroyed by Auburn last night, they are 20 to 1. Currently, the SEC standings, Bama 9 and 2, Auburn, South Carolina 9 and 3, Tennessee 8 and 3, and then you have Florida and Kentucky at 7 and 4. So right now, Mark, as we look at it in the SEC, if you had to make a bet, in the futures market, who uh, who would be your pick right now to win the SEC regular season title? I know you like Tennessee, but I, I think Auburn, there's a ton of value there at that number. I, I don't want to take Alabama at the short number, so I think I'd probably side with Auburn. Um, you know, they got Kentucky on Saturday. I'm probably going to be jamming them there, probably going to be jamming team total over, maybe even full game over with Kentucky's defense. Uh, there'll be numbers that I'll be looking at to see if I can get a position there. Um, I think they should have a lot of success. You know, they can, you know, pull up and shoot from anywhere on that defense. So, but I, I do, I think the value perspective, uh, listen, I know Florida playing well lately. A lot of people think they have potential, but I, I really think it's probably going to come down to one of those three teams, either Alabama, Tennessee, or Auburn. And I, I'm just a little bit more confident in Auburn than I am at Tennessee. Now, I agree with you. See, here's the thing about Auburn. If you're betting them, they're not going to lose at home, right? So you can count mm-hmm. all those remaining home games as a That's win. Wins. The road the road games is when it'll get tricky. Now, they do have to go to Knoxville and play Tennessee. That's probably going to be a loss. But then they're at Georgia, and they're at Missouri. Missouri is the worst team in the SEC. Georgia's slumping. They should, they should win both of those games. Bama, I mean, Mark, you said it. Like, outside of finishing... The year against Arkansas, they got some tough games. Home against A&M, home against Florida. Then they're at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, home against Tennessee, and at Florida as well. Probably going to drop two of those three road games, and then I would think they're probably going to lose one of those home games as well. Whereas, again, I think if Auburn, if they just lose to Tennessee, as long as they take care of their business at home, I think they'll be in a good spot. One of those home games is against tennis, or uh, one of those games is against Tennessee on the road. But as long as they uh, take care of business at home, win the other road games, I think they will be in a good spot. Tennessee's also got a difficult schedule remaining, and they have dropped some games at home this year. Um, they do have to still play at BAM, obviously, at South Carolina, and then they have to play Kentucky at home to end the year as well. Still have to play Texas A&M, who was preseason picked to finish towards the top of the conference. So they got some tough games coming up as well. I'm with you. I, even though I, I still think Tennessee's the best team, I think the way the schedule shapes up, I think it favors Auburn, and I like their price at plus 250. They did split with Bama. This season, the game was much closer in Tuscaloosa than it was in Auburn. Auburn blew them out at home. It was only a four-point win for Bama in T-Town. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like the price with Auburn. I like them plus 250. Do you like them like big picture? Do you like them final four? Because their resume, their makeup is something that you would like of a national champion. They're top 10 in both offenses 
offensive and defensive efficiency, um, according to Kempong. Yeah, they fit the mold, but, you know, March is so different because it's neutral court. Like, that home court advantage that we keep talking about with Auburn and how, hey, we just chalk those up as Ws, uh, that's not in March, right? In, in March, you're playing on a neutral court. It's a little bit different. You don't have that, but they do have the efficiency on both ends of the floor. Um, I think they have enough size and shooting to where they can get the job done. So they'll be tough. Again, you know, selection Sunday. Will tell us a lot. You know, path is important when we get the March. But uh, out of the teams in the SEC, I, I I think I might like them the most. Man, I still think I like Tennessee the most long term. It's tough though because it's like a Rick mm-hmm. Barnes coach team, right? Like, do I really want to do that yeah. to myself? But I don't and know. There's just something them, about like when they have to. That's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like Dalton Connect a lot, but it's the other guys. And also, their defense this year isn't as great as it's been in years past. So even though the offense is better, and I think Connect is the best scorer that Rick Barnes is going to have going into the tournament, even though, you know, he had some years with some super freshmen, he had Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. I think Connect is one of his better players that he has going into the tournament can score at all three levels. It's going to come down to the other guys. You're right. So every team's got question marks. Bama's certainly the team I like the least just because they don't play a lick of defense. That offense is good enough to win a title, but that defense certainly not. So if I were buying a futures ticket, it would be on either Auburn, Tennessee, or like Isaac said, I'm with them. Florida has some potential. That's a team that if they get hot, that, that is a big number next to Florida's name. No doubt. They were like 150 to one uh, at one point. So to win the whole thing, maybe give them a look. What about in the Big 12? Houston, they're minus 200 to win the league. Then you got Iowa State there at plus 240 as well. Both of these teams are eight and three in conference play. However, the reason that heavy, uh, Houston's the heavy favorite is because they do play Iowa State at home upcoming. So. You know, the schedule is easier for Iowa State, but Houston gets to play him one more time. They get him at home. I don't think Houston's losing at home this season. But in your mind, even though Houston does get him at home, do you think it would be worth a play on maybe Iowa State to win the league at plus 240? I think so. I mean, you know, good defense. They can match up well with Houston. The Big 12, I think, is interesting, right? Because you have Kansas there. Uh, that's name brand value, right? We talked about them yesterday on paper. They look great, but they just can't seem to get healthy at the right time and aren't playing as a team well. Uh, the team, if we're looking at long-term, that I have my eye on when I look at this this odds board, the Baylor Bears. Like, when we talk about March, Baylor has experience in March. They, they can bury you with the three when they have to, and they do a good job defending the three. And I feel like in those first couple rounds, in March, like day one, day two, even round one, round two, you get to get through that, you're going to run into a team that is just on fire from three. Hey, I feel like it happens all the time. We see it. And I think Baylor might have the ability to weather that storm. They have some experience being there. I know it's not the best version of Baylor, but the number at 16 to one, I think is a little intriguing. Yeah, I mean, certainly for a regular season play or maybe, you know, in the Big 12, conference tournament i could see baylor being Mm -hmm. a look they certainly have really good guards like you said they can score top five offense according to ken palm but in march madness defensively they they concern me i think what the big 12 is turning into mark i think the big 12 is just becoming kind of a little bit better version of what the big 10 
was for that stretch where they would get like nine, ten mm-hmm. teams in the tournament every year, and they would have like nothing to show for it. They would fall short. Obviously, Kansas won a title a couple of years ago, so they've been better in that aspect. Texas Tech made it um, to the national championship under Chris Beard back when they played Virginia as well. But I look at all these teams, and I really don't like any of them in the tournament. You know how I feel about Kansas. Mm -hmm. I think they're very overrated. Baylor, I don't think they play enough defense. Texas Tech, year one under a new coach in Grant McCaslin. I just don't trust them as much away from their home floor. BYU, the metrics loved them early on in the season. I think when they go up against elite teams, though, I don't think they're going to uh, they're going to contend. Texas and Oklahoma, I don't really like either. Like the one long shot team that could interest me potentially is TCU, just because they play everybody close. It doesn't matter whether it's Houston mm-hmm. or Iowa State or it's Oklahoma State. Like they play everybody tight, so that could be a team to potentially watch. And then you know, I'm I love Iowa State. I love me some Cyclones. I think they could be a sleeper team. You talked about Tennessee and whether or not they could score enough come March. Like, that's the fear that I have with Houston. Like, eventually, Houston's going to play a game in the tournament when they have to score 80, they have to score 85, 90. Can they do that and win? I don't know if they can. So, I know a lot of these Big 12 teams are ranked. The metrics like them. They could be sexy plays. They're going to be one, three, four seeds but there really just aren't a lot of teams that I like long-term in the tournament. Now, do you think you'll be targeting Iowa State in the conference tournament? Certainly could. I certainly could. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're interesting because they're undefeated on their home floor, but they've also shown the ability to win away from home. My fear with Iowa State, Mark, that I think could happen is – I think they could win the Big 12 Conference Tournament, and then that's going to be everybody's trendy pick, and then they're going to lose like the round of 32 because we know that's (laughs) how that goes. It always works out that way. That's how it always works. Um, But I think your team like Baylor could be a look. I think TCU Mm -hmm. could be a look. Like that league, there's really not that much separation when you get these teams away from their home floor that uh, I I think maybe like it would be a year in the Big 12 to – potentially take a long shot so we'll see we'll because see the teams i'm telling at the you top the way they're built yeah. and the way they win it's by thin margins just because they're built defensively so it's always razor thin margins and ball bounces the wrong way you get a couple bad foul calls towards the end of the game all of a sudden you got a live underdog that's exactly right and usually the last couple of years the one seed has not been faring too well in big 12 play so if houston's the mm-hmm. one seed they're probably going to be like plus money to win the Big 12 championship just because of how good the league is top to bottom. I think a lot of people like Houston, but I'm certainly going to look for options elsewhere down the board. Um, Purdue, they're minus 5,000 to win the Big 10. So probably no value there on uh, taking anybody or taking the Boilermakers. They're 11-2 and in league play. Illinois is 9-4. Wisconsin's 9-5. and Northwestern 8-5. and Michigan State 8-6. and the Big Ten, is this finally the year for Purdue, Mark? Are, are you buying in to Purdue, or can you just not get there? I know we spoke about this about some other teams. You know, you talked about the Lions and the show me first, right? They have to show me. I can't burn money on Purdue and, until they show me they can actually do it. And that's that's just how I feel. And you know what? If I miss it, I miss it. I'm okay with that as a better, but I'm not – I'm not going to the window buying a bunch of Purdue tickets. 
I completely agree. I completely agree. Especially at that price at plus 700. Like I can't, I can't get involved yeah. in Purdue. Like Matt Painter's never made a final four and they're plus 700 to get to, I get it. They got probably the best player in the sport. Their guards are really good. Their non-conference schedule is fantastic. Like go look at some of the teams that they've beaten in the non-conference, but I just, I can't, I can't get there. I just there. think I'm there's a you. mental component to it, and I'm not sure if Purdue's there. Talent-wise, yes. Upstairs, we'll find out. Completely agree. We'll talk about some of the other teams in the Big Ten, if we like them or not. We'll look into the ACC, Big East as well, and then some of the mid-majors here. You better, you bet, PJ Glasser, Mark Trumheller on the BetQL Network. Filling in for Nick and Kevin.